Hey there, it's time once again for the Meaningful Measurable Marketing Podcast. I'm Jen Carroll. And I'm Annalisa Hilliard. Together, we are the Dames of Data Dames Marketing. As the Dames, Jen and I are marketing strategy consultants who help our clients align marketing, business goals, and measure results that matter. As longtime friends, we avidly consume and critique all kinds of drinks, spend as much time outdoors as possible, and are always learning. We also strive to stay on top of what's happening in our industry. Our goal with this podcast is to look at today's biggest marketing trends, many requiring enterprise-level teams and budgets to fully implement, and try to apply them in ways that make sense for small to mid-sized businesses. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. You can connect with Jen and me via our website, datadamesmarketing.com, or on LinkedIn, where we do most of our social media networking. So, okay, so episode 12, here we go. To be competitive in 2021 online, marketers must up their game in user experience, content, and awareness. Okay, we're going to... How did I do sounding like you? Seriously? Maybe I thought maybe in episode 12 I should, like... Because it's... Yeah, it be me? Yeah. Okay. See if we can fool the listener. All right. Today's topic is what it takes to be competitive in 2021 in online marketing. Our premise is to be competitive in online marketing in 2021, marketers must up their game in three key areas, user experience, content, and awareness. But before we dive into that, we want to do our regular segment of what are we drinking? (laughs) So today we want to feature the Traverse City Whiskey Co., in Traverse City, Michigan. Mm. Recently did some cross-country skiing. Um, for me, the very first time I, I've ever done that. And I am terrible at skiing, by the way, but I had a, a great time. It included a visit to the Traverse City Whiskey Co. And you know how we found out about them. Now, I, remind me. When I made us cocktails, I used their cherries. Oh, where did you where did you get their cherries around uh, I don't want to say. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to support the business where I actually got them. Oh, so go directly to the Traverse City so Whiskey Do not go company. to Amazon. Oh, you weren't going to say where you got them from. But everyone was like, we know where you, where you got them. Anyway. So what's so don't awesome? Don't buy them off Amazon. Uh, right, right. Get you, can, from- you can go to their website. Yep. So what's so awesome about their whiskey, their cherry whiskey is amazing. Yeah, it's not like a cloying cherry flavor. It's oh, it's, it's very, very natural, right? Tasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably the my favorite, my favorite there. I would say Traverse City as a whole is a pretty cool little city. The whiskey company is actually I don't know if there's like a downtown area. Well, we we were just gravitating but toward breweries anyway, and yeah. Traverse City is kind of what I feel like is a little bit on the outskirts town, mm. not far like. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, I wasn't, uh, but... Really cool vibe. Yeah. They have lots of merch. <laughs> yes. And they have a couple different whiskeys. Um, obviously, the cherry. They had a lot of different whiskeys, actually. We The rye, we mm-hmm. tried. Mm-hmm. The regular. Yep. The, like, black label special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might have been it. There might have been one more. But anyway, um, really good whiskey. Yep. Agree. And I... Feel like they're pretty reasonably priced mm-hmm. compared to like some of the Kentucky ones we've had. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, 
you know, here in Ohio, the we've we've already in the past done a shout out to um, Western Reserve in Cleveland is definitely and Traverse City Whiskey Co. I'd say are um, on par with one another. Excellent, excellent spirits there. So let's move on to our small business shout out. And today it is going to be White Feather Meats in Creston, Ohio. I know, little tiny Creston, Ohio. I think I feel like the the store there that is as big as the town like yeah probably <laughs> it's probably like the number one employer in Creston <laughs> right? of all five people who right. live there okay sorry if you live in Creston we apologize a little Ohio town but um yeah we feel pretty uh, we feel that getting locally sourced meat whenever possible is is actually very important after like you know, reading and and hearing about uh, meat packing plants across the United States and how employees are treated and yeah. the conditions they work in. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to continue to support that. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't live anywhere near Creston, Ohio, um, we're sorry because the white feather meats are exceptional, but you probably can find hopefully someplace close to you, uh, a similar kind of, a similar kind of place because they process and then sell all their own meats. So raise process. So, yep. So good stuff. I think they're online. I think they're really popular is something like the bearded butchers or something like uh, they have a big YouTube channel. So if you're into that, you're into bearded butchers. <laughs> who talk I mean, ab- who is it? Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, who talk about meat. <laughs> right. It's the it's it's the channel to, to be on. Right. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's hop back to. Marketing. The whole, marketing. The whole reason that, that we actually do this podcast, uh, again, to reiterate, um, in, you know, in the opinion of the data dames, if you want to be competitive online in 2021, got to up your game in user experience, content, and awareness. So our first reason about this is multiple ranking factors are now tied to user experience and and they were before. I mean, it's never user experience, I think, has always been in the algorithms, but the importance of user experience ranking factors have increased. Google Search Console has added a core Web Vitals report that has to do with issues on content on mobile and site response time and how the layout of the page loads. It definitely is one of the things they've talked about being added to the algorithm um, in 2021. So what you know, when, when you think about on-page experience, you know, user experience being positive, do we have like some specific areas to to be aware of that we want, you know, listeners to, to think about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you will probably want to work with your digital marketing team and or developer on this because it's more on the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're visibly noticeable, like, like I was saying, the layout shifts and kind of how the page loads and what content shows at each part of the load. And there's tools and stuff that you can use to kind to test those things but it's not necessarily something that would just like jump out and be like oh oh this is super obvious yeah well is there i thinking you know we have a, a client that has a website uh the desktop experience uh as it currently 
stands is not the best. The experience on mobile, interestingly enough, is is a little better. How does the desktop? I mean, I know mobile is mobile is first, uh, right? And yeah, Google really looks at your mobile site to kind of rank to rank it. it. Used to be the algorithm was based on the desktop. Now it's based on the mobile experience. And I mean, obviously, you want to have a good experience across devices, on-page experience, usability. Well, in that case, like with the the particular client I'm thinking of, like there's like all these side menus and then like these little, you know, on desktop, there's like, so just like extra boxes and just all kinds of things that make the page difficult to, it doesn't render as well. So is that part of, yeah. Okay. Well, that was, that was a simple answer. Yes. That is what she's talking about. Okay. (laughs) Rendering and loading and kind of synonymous, I guess. Okay. Well, the second area where we're talking about upping your game in online marketing in 2021 has to do with content. So search engines are better than ever at determining searcher intent. So your content needs to be in-depth and of high quality. Can you just very quickly, Annalisa, I know you're like the intent guru. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said guru. Oh, she's giving me... <laughs> If only you could see the look she just gave me. Tell us a little bit about intent. Intent has to do with what people are actually looking for when they type a certain keyword into Google. Mm-hmm. And the best way to f- find out what people's intent is, is to actually do a search in Google for a specific keyword um, and see what type of content is presented in the results. All right. So... Google's machine learning has gotten quite good at at determining intent. I think it's interesting, this idea of the importance of long-form content, only because I think the perception is people just want sound bites. People just give me the facts, just just make this, you know, quick and painless. I don't want like 50 paragraphs to read. So what's kind of what's going on there? The the long form content versus is that what people really want or there's a lot of testing that's been done, long form versus short bites of content. Mm-hmm. And with long form, obviously you get more in depth with things. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Google and, and other search engines are looking for. What's gonna actually give the visitor enough information and also kind of tie in other like similar related type content instead of only talking about bicycles in general like Mm -hmm. talking about types of bicycles and benefits and drawbacks of each type and Mm -hmm. maybe different different kinds of riding that you can do like Mm -hmm. mountain bike versus a road bike Mm -hmm. And things like that. So kind of going more in depth than just, you know, right. what is a bicycle? Talking at a high <laughs> or writing yeah. at a high level. Yeah. Define, define what a bicycle is. <laughs> Obviously, I think that, you know, the long form content, Google probably could pull a lot of different results from just one, you know, from just one piece of content to appeal yeah, to different kinds of searches. The algorithm is getting better at, or not the algorithm, but yeah, I mean, the search results are getting better in the machine learning process to pull out like sections of content. So it used to be that, oh, you don't want to like target too many keywords on a page because then the search engines are confused about what 
what the page is really about or you know then you maybe like each term like cannibalizes the other mm-hmm. terms like and they're saying that they're getting advanced enough that they're able to pull out sections and rank sections differently so this is kind of a like a weird side question just because you know I'm a writer been writing for 20 some 20 plus years you know I happen to of course believe that no computer can write as well as a human being but I know that there are some tools and other things that are coming out that are suggesting that essentially you you give this tool or program a topic and it can write content that's good and we don't really you know need the human touch as much as we used to do you have any do you have any thoughts I'd say on that's this? baloney <laughs> that was a great answer no i mean <laughs> honestly no tool is going to be able to get to the level of technical writing that certain industries would need Okay, that's a good um, point. And even if it's not, even if it's not a super technical industry, I would argue that a lot of times the content that you get from a tool needs a lot of massaging from like an actual human being to to sound more natural and to come off in a way that actually gives the visitor and the reader value. And I mean, I, I think to add to that, I would say, you know, we talk a lot in, in marketing and honestly in, in writing just in general about voice. I'm pretty sure a tool is always yeah, going great. to have the same voice. It's, yeah, it doesn't have like, at least at this point in history, doesn't really have the capability of, of creating a voice and a tone in, in content yet. So you're going to get some pretty generic stuff and I think this speaks to something that comes up a lot in, in our industry. Again, the idea, okay, digital marketing, things are fast and you need to be fast or this, this idea of speed. But the, the dirty little secret uh, in digital marketing is that it actually takes a lot of time to create and optimize good content, quality content. It's not a fast process. You know, I think it's it's really unfair when... Not, I guess it's misleading to me when I see tools that say they, they will do everything kind of for you. Like, How does a tool or machine have the authority on, on a subject that you have? I mean, if it's your business or your industry and you've been in the business or industry for, you know, years and years, like how, how is a machine going to write to that level of knowledge? Well, even if you don't think you're a good writer, the knowledge that's in your head right, as absolutely. a right as like a uh, you know an industry leader or whatever is is valuable. Even if you end up not being the the actual writer of of your of the content, your knowledge is priceless um, and and not something that can be duplicated. So, anyway, I'm sorry I, I digressed there. We were going to talk a little bit in this this point about the need for content to be in depth and of high quality. So we were going to talk a little bit of, real briefly about EAT signals, E-A-T, and that really kind of speaks to what we've already shared. Just real quick, Annalisa, what does E-A-T stand for? Expertise. Authoritativeness. Trustworthiness. And trustworthiness. Okay. So keep your EAT signals in mind. And when you're thinking about quality, you really want to satisfy that user intent provide detailed and informative content that's, you know, as much as possible appealing to the eye. Now, um, I have like a favorite quote from, um, I can't remember the name of the marketer, but um, an unbalanced, he like was quoting an unbalanced study and he just like paraphrased and said, hey, it's the words that sell shit. 
not the design. And the design is there to support the words in selling. So yes, your content should have eye appeal, but the 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 words itself, the words themselves are are very important. And then obviously it should be SEO friendly and voice search friendly as well. You need to think about sharing. I hesitate the word to use the word aggressively because some people don't know when to to stop, <laughs> you know, in terms of being aggressive, but but definitely be sharing your content. And then the last piece is structured data. And um, I don't know if all of our listeners would know what structured data is, but that's in the HTML code. Yeah, it's pulling out different pieces and types of content to call attention to it and tell search crawlers exactly what that content is about. So when you do a, like a good example would be like, if you search for a recipe online um, in search results, you'll actually get recipes pulled in and that is done with structured data. Wouldn't you use structured data for addresses and phone numbers yep. and things yeah, like that? Yeah, there's, I mean, um, if you go to schema.org, there's like, like it's like a dictionary basically of structured data. So structured data is actually something that also like kind of crosses over or is what's, what is used in featured snippets. So again, if you do a search for like, Bicycle. Like a, like a question. If you have a question that you type in the search, you'll get like sometimes you'll get depending on the search, you'll get like a paragraph mm -hmm. of content pulled into search. And another form of that is people doing voice searches more. Mm -hmm. Okay, like using their uh, home assistants or oh, like Siri or whatever. Mm -hmm. Alexa. Like, I think that structured data is 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 used to help those devices and those whatever they're yeah, called. Home tools. Yeah, home assist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that makes sense. So, but actually, Google um, recently has dropped the number of structured data that they used to. I forget what the percentage of searches used to bring like featured snippets, and they're they actually have cut back on the number of featured snippet searches that return featured snippets because people were, you know, starting to game oh, the system. Really? Like like everything, right? Like everything in probably even outside of digital marketing. But like, you know, an algorithm specifically when you're trying to uh, rank, there's a lot of gaming that goes on. And so, you know, usually Google rolls something out and then people find a way to like take advantage of the system and, and then the, the, the content isn't quality. And so Google cuts back. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it kind of goes back to, what I was talking about with, with content a little bit, like, um, yeah, it's, you know, obviously it's a very, it's machine learning. It's an, it's artificial intelligence, but immediately the human, the human element there is going to try to find a way around it. <laughs> um, so our third point today with, um, being competitive in 2021 in online marketing is, and remember we said user experience, content, and finally the concept of awareness, uh, which obviously has been at the heart of, and when I mean awareness, I do mean, you know, awareness of your company, awareness of your brand, awareness of your products and services. Uh, and that's like been at the heart of marketing and advertising forever. So it's, it's not like it's new, but it's taking on a bigger presence now going forward. And that's because big tech companies like Google, Facebook, and others are striving harder to stop users from leaving their platforms. As, as part of that, you know, if you share some content or something like that and they you know you click on the link you'll notice that you actually never leave a lot of times you actually never leave your search results you actually don't leave facebook or or, or even instagram or whatever so yeah just like the the featured snippets i was telling you about in in google search results
McDonald's, you know, why they started doing that wasn't necessarily to like help you benefit the the person writing the content. It was to benefit the person that's actually doing the search so that and to benefit Google. Right. And mm-hmm. right. In return, that benefits Google. Yep. And keeps them and keeps you in the search results. So that's why you need brand awareness in general, because as fewer people are being are leaving Facebook, fewer people are leaving Google search results. It's, you know, and we've talked about this before. It's not news, but zero click searches continue to increase. And the way to combat zero click searches is with brand searches, meaning people who are aware of you and they sit down in front of their device and they type in your brand name so that they can come and find you. Or they skip the search engine altogether and just come to your site directly. Yeah. So other reasons, actually in our last podcast, we we spent the entire podcast talking about GA4 and Google rolling it out because of because of data privacy. So increased data privacy is also another reason for you to to work on brand awareness because it's going to be, well, I, I, we, we made a lot of points in the last podcast about why things aren't going to change that much, but there there is some changes with your ability to target people on an individual level as, as much as you have maybe in the past. I don't know if you want to speak to that. No, I think that's... Go back to our last podcast. That's what she wants to say. Right. No, no. I mean, I think you covered it pretty well there. Okay. In summary type way. We definitely have more that we talk about in the in the last podcast, but yeah. And by the way, just a quick note here, um, we'll do our best to make sure that all of the information we do reference in our podcast ends up in our show notes. So check out the transcript and some show notes. But anyway, uh, back to brand awareness. So that another important piece of that is is building your earned audience. So that audience that you own, for example, in email marketing, you know, where people have given you permission to market to them. Yeah, um, if your site has a like a user log, like a mm-hmm. membership or, yep. or something where they, they log into your site to access yeah. you know, specific things. And that goes to, that. I mean, that speaks directly to your brand offering something that is meaningful to, to the user, you know, something that they're willing to log in for, willing to subscribe to an email for, whatever. So the importance of building yeah, your I'll, I'll say to that, I mean... I feel like email marketing has exploded. exploded in the last couple of years. And so now people are kind of to that saturation point. Mm-hmm. Great point. Where they're like, oh, man, I know myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to give out my my email unless it's something I really, really want or something I really, really care about or something that is really valuable. Yeah. Um, because I get bombarded with emails all the time and I, I just have to set boundaries for what I subscribe to. Agree. A hundred percent agree. You've got to be, it goes, goes back to point number two, content and something, you know, something that's worthy of their time and effort or like specials and deals if, you know, if that's the kind of business that you're in, but it's got to be valuable bottom line. Um, I'd say that ties into the last point I want to make in this section and using traditional marketing and and sales in addition to your digital, it's probably, probably something that yeah, the last kind of the last thing I wanted to we wanted to mention is, you know, the rising importance of uh, digital PR in other traditional. Well, <laughs> I guess digital PR being traditional is kind of a, an oxymoron, but, you know, making renewed efforts to have your content published in other places with other, you know, whether it's business partners that you have in the business world or traditional newspapers or online newspapers or even having your content 
content mentioned in podcasts. So, you know, doing podcast interviews, all those kinds of things still have value and I feel like are even increasing in value now as we look at this this need for increasing your brand awareness. So I guess just in summary today, to be competitive online in 2021, we day to day think the, the key game changers are user experience, content, and awareness. So that brings us to our final segment. What are we learning? What's bringing us joy? And so I want to In this segment today, I want to give a shout out to a longtime friend of mine, Shelly Johnson. She is a professor at Georgetown College in Kentucky. So not Georgetown University, but Georgetown College. Um, She is a professor of philosophy and she writes prolifically at a blog called Love is Stronger. Um, Actually, her website is uh, Shelly P as in Pruitt. Pruitt. There we (laughs) go. Thank you. <laughs> Shelly P. Johnson dot com. Yes. Uh, so you can find her there. Period. I don't think so. I, well, if you, if you so hey, if we you, can't, we can't possibly give a, a website. Right. <laughs> like, we're going to have to. We get, can't actually do one correctly. <laughs> I know. We, we, we're going to have to get better at this, like writing these websites yeah. down. We'll have it in the show notes. I promise it will. There will be a link to uh, Shelly's site. But she does a phenomenal job talking about body confidence, uh, which interestingly enough, she she reminds me of a Brene Brown but instead of coming at it from a sociology angle, she comes at it from from philosophy. But her writing is is wonderful. I promise it's not anything like reading ancient philosophers or anything like that. Though she loves them, um, but but Who about oh, well, oh wait, <laughs> but body confidence, <clears throat> kindness to to yourself, resilience. Yes, that's those are some really really key points that she that she writes about, and her articles are very encouraging. So Shelly Johnson, ShellyPJohnson.com. dot Lisa, what's bringing you joy? So I would have to say that my dog, Zola, <laughs> she's constantly bringing me joy, but I just come up on her second gotcha anniversary. She's a rescue. She is a rescue. I got her from Canine Lifeline, caninelifeline.org. They're out of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I do know that one because I go to that website all the time. Yes, she does. Um, to look at puppies and dogs. That are up for adoption because they're cute. <laughs> no, Zola's just uh, a lot of fun. She uh, She's anxious. She's an anxious dog, but she just, she brings me a lot of joy. And especially in a year we can, we, we just came through with the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, having a companion like her has been um, really great. So we've, Cheers we, for Zola. We've shared a lot of uh, couch time and... She's fun to take out on walks and and runs and hikes. And she loves going to the doggy park whenever we get a chance. (laughs) And she's super, super fast. Oh, yeah. Like lightning. She should be in one of those agility dog competitions. Then I have... I have a dog also named Lewis and he is a purebred chocolate lab. And he's I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd recommend the purebred mm-hmm. dog experience. However Or the male dog experience. <laughs> However, he is overall chill, which is I feel pretty blessed for a chocolate lab owner to have kind of a chill chocolate lab. Yeah, he <laughs> I, I, I could I could say that he brings me joy also. He's sometimes 
kind of a butthead, but <laughs> good old Lewis. Uh, also, a.k.a. Moose. All right. Thanks. That wraps up another episode of Meaningful, Measurable Marketing. If you manage marketing, sales, customer service, or operations for a growing small business, we hope you found this podcast helpful. Any tool, resource, or article we reference can be found in the show notes for this episode. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast or left us a review, we hope you'll do both today. I'm Jen Carroll. My co-host, Annalisa Hilliard, and I are marketing strategy consultants, and together we are the Data Dames of Data Dames Marketing. Learn more about us at datadamesmarketing.com. 